The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us with the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. Good morning everybody, this is Senia Williams here hanging out with the custody queens this morning. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us today and every Saturday at 8.30. We love having Sinya back with us and so happy that she's here to talk about co-parenting and tips. And you know, people remember that when we talk about co-parenting, it can apply to everybody. It's not just people going through a custody case. It's not people that are just going through a divorce. It's basic tips and principles. And communication. Yeah, for all of us. Yeah, and we think it's really important to kind of recognize that although everyone has a different scenario, whether you're literally co-parenting, talking to a friend, mom, boss, whatever it is, there are some simple techniques that you can use that really, in my opinion, are universal and translate across the board. So we just kind of want to go through some of those today. All right, but before we get there, it's my favorite game, true or false, and I'll be asking the questions because I already know the answers. All right, Sinya, we're going to start with you. Okay. If you add the two numbers on the opposite sides of dice together, the answer is always seven. True or false? True. 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 Very good, girls. Very good. It's definitely true. All right, Sam. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. This is right up your alley. Oh, no. It takes a sloth two weeks to digest food. Wow. No, that's got to be false. Uh, true. It's wow. true? I thought maybe it would take longer. I don't know. Sloths are so slow. Well, I think that's where we get the phrase, you know, kind of like, I feel like a sloth. Have you seen Zootopia? Is that a phrase? The sloth at the DMV in Zootopia? No. You got to watch it. Okay. I'm gonna... Zootopia? Zootopia. Yes. But yeah, like I say to myself, God, I feel like I'm moving, you know, either slow as a toad or like a sloth. But that makes sense because it takes two weeks for them to process a meal. All right, one more good one. We all know that there's a lot of things that you can and cannot do in your sleep, but can you sneeze in your sleep? I I know this for sure. Well, then don't answer, Sinya, you're up. Yes. Yes. Uh, Really? You can almost sneeze, but you cannot sneeze. That that (laughs) is life changing for me. You don't understand. There's no way that, no, this is wrong. You can we gotta have go the to feeling no, and the tickle? No, no, there's no way. And the reason why I say this so passionately is because I have been sneezed on by somebody that purported to be asleep. So they were lying. This, so if this is a lie, this is, this is bad. Well, we'll do some further investigation. We gotta get down to the bottom According to my this. best friend, Google, you cannot actually complete the sneeze. All right, well, we're going to have to table that one, and I will be back because I have some conversations that definitely need to be had. But um, let's get into it. So co-parenting, keeping it simple, right? Uh, Sinya, can you tell us kind of one thing that that our listeners can take under consideration and apply to their lives? You find yourself telling kids two wrongs don't make a right, and I find myself telling clients that all the time. I get that they're 
not the best person to you, but you being a bad person doesn't help your relationship, nor does it help your kids. Right, so this this idea of revenge. It's not worth it. Why isn't it worth it? Why shouldn't I send that text? At the end of the day, you have to think about what am I trying to accomplish? And if I were to remove my emotions from this conversation and just ask a question that's non-accusatory, that's not um, jumping to conclusions, what are you trying to find out and ask the question? I like it. I like it. And we talk about this a lot on our show and, and even in the, the recent past episodes. Our emotions have so much to do with the way we communicate. I mean, you could ask me the same question five different days of the week, and you could probably get a different response from me each day, depending on whether I'm hungry or I'm tired or my kids had me up all night, you know, or I'm stressed. Our emotions just, they, they impact so much that we do and we say and the way we communicate. And, you know, one of my therapists, she said the best thing to me is the only person that can control your emotions is yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I think that brings up a good point of also like mode of communication, right? So there's a time and a place for everything. And there may be something that you want to say, but we all know that text messages, they come off probably often harsher than they are. And you're, you get a lot lost in translation. So I think that there are appropriate times where you absolutely need to message someone in writing because you may need to solidify the conversation, preserve the record for court, etc. But sometimes texting isn't the best mode of communication because you lose a lot, like you lose the way that your tone sounds, your body posture. And so you may not feel that you are saying something negative or you may really be coming from a hurt place. But I don't know, to me, in, in that situation, a text message, if, if you're trying to have a passionate conversation or an emotional conversation, you should probably do it in person. That's yeah, my it, that just goes back to a little bit of common sense. It's like when someone really important to me is having a birthday, I want to call them because I want them to feel my love and my adoration for them versus a simple text, not saying that texting someone on their birthday is not the best way, but picking up the phone and telling them, at least to me, is is more special. And yeah. I think there is a time and a place for text messages, and I think there's a time and a place for having an actual conversation. Right, and you know, they say like, you're not supposed to break up over text. And that was kind of a phrase that I guess was used often like growing up, but I think that the sentiment's the same is that you lose the emotion. It's kind of a cop-out in a way. And again, there are certain circumstances where you need to keep things in writing and maybe you can only communicate exclusively through writing. That happens, that might be your facts. But I just think that it's really important for everyone to actively think to themselves, like what's the best mode of communication for this? It's probably not an angry voicemail, right? Maybe it's you're having a casual conversation in an appropriate place about a sensitive subject, or maybe it is more appropriate in writing. Just think it through. One of the things that I would say often is if you are feeling angry or frustrated, because maybe it's not even anger, maybe it's just frustration of having to go through this over and over. You've explained something over and over and they're still not getting it. So we talk about control. You have control over yourself and only yourself. And once you accept that, you got to look at what can you do differently to get this message across. And sometimes text messages are required or that's the only way to deal with someone that's difficult. And then if we're bringing it back to family law and your case or your custody case, your divorce case, um, think about who's going to be reading these messages. 
do you want to see the judge uh, or do you want to hear the judge call you out on foul language? Because foul language never helps the situation when you guys are arguing. So be clear, be concise, take your emotions out. And if you need to walk away from the situation, walk away for a little bit. Come back to it. Yeah. And you bring up a great point. You know, in court, text messages are used all the time and they may have just got you on a really, really bad day. But that really bad day is likely and unfortunately going to be taken out of context by the other side. And so you could quite literally make one mistake in writing and have that carry for a while in your case, if not indefinitely. So you want to be very careful with how you are presenting things in writing. And you want to remember that this third party that knows nothing about you and didn't have the benefit of the 10 years with your ex that you do, that that judge is just going to see that bad sentence or that bad paragraph and they're going to judge you. And we don't want that to occur. So if we don't want that to occur and we don't want the other side to have this unfair advantage that hurts your children in the long run because it hurts your co-parenting relationship, then we all got to think a little more before we put stuff in writing. Yeah. You want the judge to see you as a credible person or whoever you're speaking with. You want them to have respect and you want the credibility. And I can tell you when I go through text messages, I mean, sometimes I'm, Sam and I are going through 200 pages of, you know, five years of text messages so that we can get a sense of the relationship. What is the weaknesses? What are the strengths? So, I mean, we're always trying to work together to come to a solution. But I can tell you if I, if I have a high conflict case and I see text messages that are vulgar or that are grossly demeaning, I will unequivocally repeat them exactly as they are on the record. And I've had ju judges kind of like turn their head, you know, because they don't want to hear those things. But I do that because it makes a profound, it's profound evidence of, of how bad that person was. Yeah. And again, family law it's such that when you're in court, I think it's such a small amount of time. Even if you have, you know, 10 court appearances in a year, like that's 10 days and the rest of them, you have to live your life. So it's this balance where you have to go between, I have to worry about court and I have to live my life. But in court for those 10 days, what's going to be used is the worst or best of you. It's like an interview. So we get it, right? We all don't wear suits every single day. We, you know, if you see me on the weekends, I do not look like this. I might have makeup running down my face, but I'm probably wearing pajamas, right? Like we're not always putting our best foot forward and in court you want to. And if you don't, be on notice that the other side is very likely going to capitalize on that to their advantage. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. I asked Sanya to just kind of put together a short list of tips that she thinks, and I agree with her 100%, and I know Sam does as well, on just some, some very simple tips on how to communicate better. And again, this, if I have employees coming to talk to me about a concern, it is much more beneficial for them to come talk to me in a respectful manner because I am far more inclined to see them, hear them, 
and to come up with solution. You know, here's a perfect example. If someone comes to me and says, I got a job offer for an extra $10,000 a year, I'm going to take it. And sometimes my response will be is, I wish you the best of luck. So if that person came to me and said, you know, I'd like to talk to you. Here's some things that are that I would like to see happen in my future employment. And I really like working for you. And is there anything that we can do to come up with a solution? Nine out of 10 times, I will beat an additional offer. And I will also come up with a plan that is very beneficial to that employee. But when you put me up against a door with with any communication, this applies to anyone, like Sam says, we get defensive, we get emotional, and we wanna react and we wanna retaliate. So this applies in so many relationships. But Sinya, why don't you tell us a few of the factors that you came up with? Um, I think I kind of already went over like simplifying something, you know, really asking yourself, what are you, what are you trying to get across? What are you trying to ask? What is your goal? What is your goal? Yes. So, you know, we think about, let's say your spouse, you want, you have certain expectations, but maybe you haven't communicated them. You telling your spouse, you need to go clean the bathroom. You need to go do this. Isn't going to get as far as, Hey, there's some stuff that needs to get done in the house. I really don't have time to do it. Do you think you could make some time to accomplish that? That sounds so much nicer. And it makes them think about, oh, can I help? Is that something maybe I could do? And then they actually want to help because they know that that's important to you. Okay, another tip I think um, is just de-escalating. Yes. Not engaging. Yes. You know, Sam, what's an example of, of how to de-escalate a situation? Walk away. Um, you are you don't have to have a conversation with someone right at that time. That doesn't mean that you have to be rude and end it. But I mean, I think that if you don't know how you want to respond in a situation, you are probably in a situation where you were put off guard on the first in the first place, right? You're right, you're sitting down and about to have dinner and all of a sudden a conversation is coming out of left field that you're not ready to have. If you're not ready to have it, don't, right? You can firmly state, look, I hear you, I understand what you're saying, I need some time to process it and then let's talk about it further. You're entitled to have conversations and you should have the conversation that your spouse is or or partner or co-parent is trying to have with you because communication is really the key to moving forward in a healthy manner but you're not they're not entitled to have it right there under their conditions right even if they say you know we deal with a lot of of different personalities and what we deal in what we do and I often see you need to answer me right now or else right that happens a lot you need to be able to tell the co-parenter, like Sam just said, I've received this message. I think that we need to talk tomorrow. And not only that, if somebody's response to you is, we need to have this conversation now or some ultimatum, it's over or fine, you can never have Billy on Fridays if this is what, that should trigger to you. That person's not gonna have a healthy conversation back with you, even if you have the quote unquote perfect response to have. That person is not looking for a conversation. They're looking to tell you how they feel. They're entitled to their feelings, but I think that you need to protect yourself from that. And you don't wanna get in a back and forth or be in a situation where you say something because you feel like you have to, and it'll keep escalating. So I say, put your foot down, take some time. And when you're ready to have the conversation, have it. 
And sometimes you don't even need to engage or respond to it at all. If it's not about the children or it's not about something that you believe is important to the case or the relationship, if they're baiting you, if they're trying to get you to engage, don't feel like you have to do what they're telling you to do. I mean, that's actually a form of domestic violence and potentially an abusive relationship. I, a lot of cases that we all take, you know, simple things like, well, you're going to wake up right now because I said, or you're going to respond because if you don't, you're never going to see your child again. They are baiting you to engage in a toxic communication that is not going to end well for either of and you. If, and if you take that, if you really everyone has that conversation they shouldn't have had and if everyone out there right now takes a second to remember that conversation it didn't end well because it kept escalating worse and worse and then probably at the end of it you felt crazy right because you've been gaslighted you felt crazy i mean how many times has anyone wanted to recover an email that they sent because they sent it stressed tired angry emotional i mean i can tell you it's happened to me many many times right and trying to recover an already sent email, it's almost impossible. So if you are even questioning in your head if you should send something or if you should say something, the answer is you shouldn't. Or even if you're just sending it right after something happened, walk away from it. Tell the other person, I can't, like you said, I have to process this, I wanna get back to it. But the biggest thing is you have to get back to it. And right. take your time. In the get, right manner. In the right manner. Because sometimes you can't, fix you well no not all the time you can't fix anyone um, and if someone's being toxic your goal is to not be toxic back right and then also with communication like you said you do need to get back to it and you need to communicate but I also think that you need to decide what that communication is. If you have an incredibly difficult co-parent, that communication may not be this long-winded, this is how I feel and, and let's be positive moving forward. That might actually not be the healthiest because it takes two people to tango, right? So if the other, if you're, you're with a co-parent that there is, you have been so nice that you are exhausted and doesn't matter what you say, you know it's not gonna be productive. That doesn't mean that you get to cut off communication. It means that you have to change it. And maybe your communication is your boundary. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens and you can call us at one 800 419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. If you are in this toxic co-parenting relationship and you truly want to make it better, but what you're doing isn't working, that's where you need to hire competent counsel because that's at the point where Sam and I would come up with a strategy and Sinya and we would take over most of the communication for you and we would work with the other attorneys so that way there is not as much communication going on between the parties. And then the benefit of that is you don't know how many times I've dealt with the client and say, send me the message that you want to send. I'm not going to necessarily ghostwrite it for you, but let me help you understand how you can break down and say, you want to complain about all these things, but really what's at the point of this? Why do these things bother you? Is it because it's been a long history of bad communication between you two? Is and it because I, you got a new girlfriend? Correct. You know, and you really have to think about it. And I hear Kristen tell people all the time, you got to clean up your end of the street. What can you do better for yourself that's going to help you, but also help this? And at the end of the day, if you've done and exhausted everything you could have done, okay, now we know that that's the problem. And guess what? Now you have everything to show to the court that you've done everything you possibly can to make this co-parenting relationship work. 
Because sometimes at the end of the day, you might not be able to co-parent with someone. Yeah, and you know, ask questions, be creative, especially if you're in a family law situation. We always say it's not a one size fits all. You could have a client call and, and I could say, you gotta send the text, you gotta communicate directly with that person. Especially or, if it's like a safety concern. A safety concern, a custody concern, or there could be a different issue that you've exhausted and say it's a financial is- issue or you're selling a house or there's some issue with escrow. That may be better suited for attorneys to communicate with one another because they're more versed in the law and how it applies to your case. That might be more effective and maybe not, but you wanna really, it's just, be present in your communication. Why are you doing it? What's your goal to do it? And if you're not ready to have the conversation, take a break. If if the conversation is not suiting you, call your lawyer. What's, what's another thing that we can do to try to communicate? Because everyone responds to stuff differently. I mean, if I'm really, really, really upset, Kristen will tell you, I will shut down. I, there's no words out of my mouth. I just am staring. But other people respond to the same situation very differently and neither is better but it's kind of finding that mix and pause for the cause i mean someone really close to me said that earlier to me and it is super it's super important and it's very real because if you pause before we do so much of what we do i don't think we would do half of the stuff that we would do right right pause and And you guys listening, don't think that I've mastered this, okay? I am 41 and I am still working on this daily. I have to give the same pep talks that I give to my clients to myself at least twice a week. And, you know, I I try to teach this to all my employees, not just for our cases, but how to teach, how, but how to treat other people in the office, how to treat our vendors. You know, everyone speaks a different love language. You know, we had a past episode that you can watch along with all of our past episodes on custodyqueensonair.com, but we had a full episode on love languages. If you look at all three of my children, they all respond to communication very different. My daughter is overly sensitive, very emotional. I have to be very careful with my words. My middle child, my son, uh, he is very smart. And I can say things that I think he actually understands and processes better than my daughter. Now, my one-year-old, we call him Bam Bam. Um, you know, Almost two, right? Yes, he's almost two. And you know, his language is ring pops and uh, Mickey Mouse Club and, and snuggles. But it's important as a parent to realize that your children speak a different language, your ex or your co-parenter speaks a different language, and you have to adapt. You can't just respond to the same way every single time you're having a conversation. Yeah, I, I think that that is a great point, is adapting and figuring out what is going to give you the result that is best for you and your family and peace, right? Because a lot of times those quick responses that feel so good for 30 seconds to two hours feel really, really bad later. And then bringing back, you earlier said baiting and and think about your co-parent, your ex. This person knows how to get under your skin. So don't let them because you have control over how you react, even though they might be a jerk and Try to, you know, say something that you know is going to get that would trigger a reaction. The people closest to us know our trigger points, right? So, I I mean, I know Sam's, I know my husband's, I even probably know a few of Sinya's. 
but don't give them the power to trigger. Even if you handle the situation appropriately, if your first response was a negative text message with you know cuss words or retaliatory, I can't even really illustrate to the court how well you handled the situation because all opposing counsel is doing is throwing your awful text messages in as exhibits. Yeah, and with text messages, why not? I mean, you're not gonna respond when you get a, a really emotionally charged text from the other side, start identifying it. He's triggering me. I'm gonna put my phone down. This is a trigger. I'm gonna sleep on it. I'm gonna call my attorney. I'm gonna see how to respond. And then I'm gonna respond in a way that is going to be helpful for my future, for our children, for court. Yeah, and it's repetition, repetition. Exactly, I was gonna, that's exactly where I was going. <laughs> People ask me all the time, well, it's easy because you're an attorney, you know how to do it. No, it's practice. It's it, practice. The more you tell yourself, the more you do it, the easier it will be. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. I can tell you my first year into practicing law, I had an attorney on the other side that was very demeaning and very rude and, and made some feminine comments. And I was so proud of myself because I actually just told him I was going to terminate the call. And I thought I handled it perfectly. Now, looking back, probably shouldn't have terminated the call. Uh, probably should have just you know, said, sir, please don't talk to me like that and let it be there. But now that I've been doing this for you know 10 plus years, I have my emotions way under control in family law cases. And when I get a scathing letter from an attorney that's just wrong, I don't respond the way that I would have nine years ago. But that just is practice and repetition. I really could not agree with you more on that because if you just do the right thing back once with a really high conflict parent, it's gonna feel bad. You're not gonna feel good. It's gonna take a while for your consistency to set in for months to go by to start to see a change in the way they're behaving with you and a way that your family is going. It's gonna see a while to get the results. It's like a diet, like can't eat one salad and be in shape, right? Like you have to stick with it and you can reach out to your attorney for help with it. If it's not a family law issue, you should still just stick with it for a period of time. Like don't give up on it and you'll see that you'll reap the benefits of how you're reacting and you'll feel so in control of it. Keep it simple, keep it clean, put in the work, don't engage, de-escalate. And that is our mission here at Custody Queens. We are a team and our goal is not just to get through the litigation and just to get through your case. You are not a number, you you are not just a client. Our mission is to educate you how to be done with us as soon as possible. You know, not that I don't love my clients that have been with me for a while. I wish they don't have to be with me. So we want to educate you on how to say something better, how to communicate better, how to work in an unhealthy relationship in the best way possible. That is our goal. Admit That is our goal at Custody Queens. And I can honestly say I don't know many attorneys that really want to help their clients and educate their clients so they don't have to come back. Yeah, and I, with respect to Custody Queens and the word custody in general, 
I think because so many people go through family law issues and it's a really negative part of their life because it's very stressful, it's confusing for their children, it's you know time consuming and a bunch of other factors on top of it. People have a negative connotation with the word custody, but I really think that everyone needs to realize what custody is. You know, it's it's finding parenting plans and finding ways to raise your children when you're no longer together. And so custody is quite literally one of the most important aspects of your life. It, we really got to change the narrative from thinking that custody is such a negative thing. Custody can actually be a really positive, stable schedule for your child to have a chance in two-parent household growing up happy, healthy, not making bad mistakes because of their parents' mistakes, etc. So I think we got we got to start pushing towards that, that custody isn't something, we shouldn't think custody, legal battle fight. We should think custody, how are we going to raise our kids? Powerful co-parenting. So don't go down that rabbit hole. Take a pause for the cause. I love it. And we want to thank everybody for joining us today and every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. We have so much fun stuff coming up. Make sure you follow us on social media, Custody Queens and Custody Queens on Air. And uh, don't forget to give us a call at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And don't forget... I'm not going to say what you think I am, but really quick, don't forget that Sinya is part of our Custody Queens team and we love and we adore her and she is ready to take your case. So fill out that inquiry or give us a call at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And we will see you next Saturday. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with a custody. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.